Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we answer plenty of your post-game voicemails. But first, Tom Brady was less than pleased with his performance in week one against the Saints. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I know I love kicking back, watching the games, cracking open a delicious beverage from our friends at Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is the Buccaneers fall to the New Orleans Saints in week one of the 2020 season, 34-23, to and Tom Brady had this to say about the performance. You know, you can't predict, you know, what's going to happen, so you got to go out and do it. And, um, you know, when you don't play your best and you play good teams, you obviously get beat, and we played far from our best. So three turnovers, they didn't have any. We had penalties, they didn't have many. You know, we didn't have great field position. They had great field position. It's just all those things add up, and we got to do a much better job in every area. It doesn't matter how much talent you have if you throw interception returns for touchdowns. So, you know, i got to correct that. Once again, that was Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady speaking to the media shortly after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one loss to the New Orleans Saints falling 34-23 to in the, in the Superdome there in New Orleans. But the game didn't start off bad. Actually, if in the first quarter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers started the game with the upper hand, going up 7 to nothing on a Tom Brady two-yard sneak, following a connection with wide receiver Chris Godwin for 29 yards, and two defensive pass interference penalties against the New Orleans Saints, including ones against Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore. Ronald Jones on the first drive of the game, the first possession for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, touched the ball six times for 20 yards contributing greatly to that initial scoring drive. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, likewise, started the game off strong, forcing the New Orleans Saints to punt on their first two possessions of the game, going 0-2 on third down conversion attempts. But it was the second quarter when the New Orleans Saints showed their consistency and their ability and the reason why they are a Super Bowl favorite heading into the 2020 NFL season and the defending NFC South champions as they took their first possession of the second quarter and converted three out of three attempts on third downs capping off the drive with Alvin Kamara 12-yard touchdown catch on a screen pass from Drew Brees to tie up the game 7-7. On the ensuing possession from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, quarterback Tom Brady threw his first interception of his time with the team, getting picked off by New Orleans Saints safety Marcus Williams, giving the Saints the ball at the Tampa Bay 35. Short time later, following a defensive pass interference against safety Jordan Whitehead, Alvin Kamara once again scored his second touchdown of the contest with a six-yard run which gave the New Orleans Saints a 14-7 lead over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then following a blocked field goal attempt from Buccaneers kicker Ryan Suckup, the New Orleans Saints once again got into scoring position themselves, aided by a five-yard penalty on fourth and two from defense tackle Vita Vea and another five-yard penalty 
resulting in an automatic first down for the Saints from defensive end in Dominican Sue. That field goal gave the New Orleans Saints a 17-7 advantage heading into the half. Coming out in the second half, the Buccaneers had the opportunity to cut into that lead, but unfortunately, uh, history has a tendency of repeating itself, and the Buccaneers quarterback, this time being Tom Brady and not uh, a former quarterback, threw an interception to Janoris Jenkins that was returned for a touchdown, giving the Saints a 24-7 lead. A quick answer back by the Buccaneers. They go down the field 75 yards in just two plays to score a touchdown, aided in large part by a 45-yard pass interference play uh, where Mike Evans was virtually tackled when trying to Uh, make the reception. O.J. Howard caps up off the drive with his first touchdown from quarterback Tom Brady of the season. The teams traded punts on the following two possessions, and the Buccaneers forced the Saints to punt uh, on their second possession of the second half. The Bucs were able to march down the field, cut into the lead even more by coming away with a Ryan Suckup field goal, cutting it to 24-17. to the Saints would punt, the Bucks would punt, and then things began to unravel. It was Jamel Dean on a pass to tight end Jared Cook, who just fell off in coverage, allowed a 46-yard reception to the Buccaneers' 15-yard line that would later set up Emmanuel Sanders' first touchdown as a member of the New Orleans Saints. On that play, Carlton Davis was called for a face mask penalty where the penalty would be assessed on the kickoff. Most people don't think much about it. No big deal. Well, the Saints had a little pooch kick over to the Buccaneers where Mike Edwards would collide with Jaden Mickens, creating a fumble, and the Saints would recover and go on to kick a field goal, adding to their lead, making it 31 17 with just about eight minutes left in the game. It was too much for the Buccaneers to overcome, even though Tom Brady would find Mike Evans in the end zone for his first reception and first touchdown of the season. The Saints would go on to win 34-23. to Coming up in just a moment, we are going to answer some of your voicemails regarding your reactions to the game. We're going to talk a little bit about some overreactions. We're going to talk a little bit about the preseason hype. We're also going to talk about some of the good things coming up in just a moment. But before we get to your guys' thoughts, we need to share some thoughts with some of our sponsors, and we're going to kick it off here with DoorDash. And I don't know about you guys, but me personally, I like using my local restaurants, my kind of locally owned owned restaurants. Nothing wrong with the chains, and I do use those guys. Of course, they're some of the go-to favorites and the quick, easy answers, but I do I enjoy using my community businesses and you can continue supporting restaurants in your community safely because there are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. 
Talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves by saying things like, I lost my mojo. We avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or, sorry, I'm just not feeling it today. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medicine. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to Roman.com slash locked on NFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Obviously disappointed with the week one result, but, you know, I think the hype for this game got the best of a lot of Bucks fans, and you combine that with losing to the Saints, especially when you make so many embarrassing mistakes. On a nationally televised game, I think it's just not a good feeling. You know, it hurts. But, you know, there's some encouraging things to look at. The defense made a lot of really good plays, especially in the second half, despite what the score was. Um, Scotty Miller looked great on the offense. So I think the Saints are probably the toughest team we're going to face all year. And the next few games are very winnable. So I'll be looking for a little bit more offensive production, especially from the running game. So hope this loss ignites a fire in this team. I think it will especially with Tom Brady, but yeah, we'll be back. All right, following up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, week one loss to the New Orleans Saints here on the Lockdown Bucks podcast. That was Tyler from Boston calling in with his thoughts and opinions on what went down on Sunday afternoon. Tyler, we thank you for your call. And yeah, man, I mean, you talk about hype. Listen, we have, have been basically been advocates of hype here at the Lockdown Bucks podcast during the offseason because hype is fun, man. If, if you're in June, you're in the middle of the summer, there's not a whole lot going on. The draft is over. Training camp is still like a month away. There's just there's just not a lot happening for the general football fan. So if you can get excited about, quote-unquote, winning the offseason, then get excited about it. But what I would recommend for everybody's mental health and mental well-being as it relates to your favorite football team is don't confuse hype for production because the two do not relate. And that's something we've been talking about leading up to this first week's matchup against the Saints is how is the production going to be versus the hype because – even the players themselves have been talking about that. You know, Rob Gronkowski, James, you talked about it last week, talking about that's all noise, that's all background noise, and that's not something you pay attention to, and that's exactly the truth. And I don't think these players got caught up in the hype. I think they just got beat by a team that was more prepared and smoother operating. Losing to the Saints obviously hurts. Bucks fans hate losing to the Saints. Trust me, the Buccaneers franchise hates losing to the New Orleans Saints just as much. But there are some good things, like you mentioned, Tyler. The defense overall did pretty good. Everybody kind of... Not everybody, but a lot of these key players, they had some rough moments, right? Vita Veda had a, had a rough moment. And Dominican Sue had a rough moment. Jamel Dean kind of falling back on his youth a little bit. Those are all learning moments. As long as they learn from them moving forward, they're going to be fine. But, James, there were some other good things in there, like Scotty Miller talking about how they still hung in. I mean, really, at the end of this game, until the very end there, where Sean Payton decided to run up the score a little bit, something we'll talk about in a minute, the, the Bucks were still in this game despite all the sloppiness. So that's kind of a silver lining. 
And then hopefully this is going to ignite a fire for this team moving into week two at home against Carolina Panthers. Tyler, I, I love your attitude with this. You have the right approach. There are good things to take away from this. There are bad things to take away from this. And yeah, it always stinks losing to the New Orleans Saints. But the defense did show some promise. They did a solid job. They shut down Michael Thomas throughout this game. Three receptions for 17 yards on five targets. Apparently, you can guard Mike. Uh, Scotty Miller confirmed better than Michael Thomas. He had one heck of a day. I, I love seeing that. But, yeah, I, there, there were some execution issues, and, and we're going to get into that a little bit moving forward here. But this isn't something to be completely discouraged about. It was, it was a tough game for this team going up against the Saints team that knows one another. They've been together for quite a while. They weren't going to come out, the Buccaneers, I mean, firing on all cylinders with some of the obstacles they faced this offseason more so than other teams. Some of those obstacles we, uh, we're probably going to get to here in just a moment. We have another voicemail from loyal listener Kevin. Hey, James. This is Kevin from Orlando. Man, that was a very uneven game I just watched. You know, great first quarter. I mean, after the end of the first quarter, everything was looking great. And then the second quarter started, and it looked like the wheels just fell off of the wagon, starting with the interception, neutral zone infractions, pass interference call, and, and then that pick six, which was... Oh, that was excruciating to watch. And then it seems like they put it together in the third quarter and seemed to make a good run at it, and then everything just kind of fell apart again in the fourth. Uh, it was just all over the place. Some things that definitely we could have used to preseason on, and I think that's part of the thing, too. Uh, look, look forward to hear your thoughts about this. I'm not even sure if um, um, Mike Evans really should have been in the game. Um, he did catch a touchdown at the end before his one catch, but I look forward to um, your episode. All right, Kevin, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, it was definitely an up-and-down kind of game. You know, I, I know people were super hyped that first drive. Tom Brady caps it off with a rushing touchdown. But, yeah, these are these are the hurdles that I, I was talking about. This team, probably just as much, if not more so, than anybody in the NFL could have used that preseason, could have used a normal offseason. You're replacing the most important player on the field with a guy who has been in the league for 20 years, running the same offense the entire time. There's no OTAs to, to rely on. There's no rookie minicamp. There's no preseason to get these guys on the same page. And it showed a few times. That first Brady interception, you're talking about overthrowing a pass to Mike Evans where he thought Mike Evans was going to keep going. Mike cut the route off, turned around, looked for the pass. They, they were not in sync there. And those are the kind of issues that, David, you and I have talked about on this show being a potential problem. These guys were not going to come out you know, looking like a well-oiled machine that they probably will here two, three, four weeks from now when it really all starts to click. But, yeah, it, I don't mind Mike Evans being in there. I didn't expect a lot out of him. Yeah, he only had the one catch, which ended up being for a touchdown. But like we said in segment one, I mean, he drew a massive pass interference penalty that would lead to a touchdown. He was more or less a decoy out there today, and he opened some things up for guys like Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller to really take off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of Mike Evans' performance was injury-related, how much of it was decoy-related. I really just think that a lot of this has to do with the way that Tom Brady plays football, and, and we've talked about this leading up to this game. 
Tom Brady doesn't care what your name is. He doesn't care what the number on your jersey says. He doesn't care how many fantasy rosters you're on or how high you went in your fantasy draft. What he cares about is trying to make the best play for the team to try to set them up for a win. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're out there struggling, whether it's you're, whether you're struggling because of injury, you're struggling because of rust, or you're struggling because of lack of preseason, if you're struggling, he's going somewhere else. And that's what we saw, you know, Chris Godwin leading the team in, in targets. Um, Scotty Miller right up there with targets as well. Tied for tied for second for in receptions. Uh, Scotty Miller had the longest play from scrimmage for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at least in the passing game today. You know, it just wasn't Mike Evans' day. And if you listen to me, if you listen to pretty much anybody, I think that I talked to or I was around when they spoke about Mike Evans in the fantasy world, we all told you don't start him. So if you started him, you kind of did it to yourself. If you listen to everybody else and you put somebody else in there, and hopefully they got you a few points. I mean, Mike did get the touchdown, but you know, uh, not production you would expect for him. As well, and yeah, as far as the preseason, of course, they could have used a preseason. But look, the Buccaneers can't. You know, we can talk about it, we can lean on it, and that's fine. But the Buccaneers can't, and I don't think they're going to. But they've got to move on because nobody's going to come into this thing saying, "Oh man, you're a new quarterback," and "Oh man, it's a new system," and "Oh man, you're just getting used to each other." We'll back off and take it easy. No, they're coming at him full force, and they're coming at him if not with more force because they're looking to knock Tom Tom Brady off the pedestal. So. Yeah, man, it was an up-and-down game. They won the first quarter, won the third quarter, lost the second quarter, lost the fourth quarter. Problem is they lost harder than they won, uh, and that's what ultimately did them in. But, it, but again, like Tyler said, too, and like you guys are kind of all saying, it's one game, it's a very tough opponent, and they still hung in there really up until the very end where you know Alvin Kamara or where the, where the Saints got a few garbage points uh, there at the end to kind of make the score seem bigger than the actual competition on the field was. Uh, neither team looked supremely good. So all teams, every team, or both of these teams have a lot to work on. Uh, but speaking of things that we are going to look forward to in the future, let's hear now from Matt in Georgia. What's up, guys? This is Matt from Morvin, Georgia. I got to say, I'm disappointed, but not necessarily surprised. You know, uh, we're going to have to expect some bumps along the way with the, you know, with the lack of preparation and the lack of preseason, you know, I'm sure these guys will get it together. I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but, uh, still a disappointing loss. Uh, I think the two key words here, uh, to take away from this were execution and discipline. You know, the Saints executed better and they had more discipline. You know, we had a lot of stupid penalties in this game that pretty much cost it for us. But, uh, anyway, you know, some positives from it. The defense flashed at times, and I was glad to see that. And, uh, improvement from OJ Howard, I gotta say, you know, um, I think that he'll just get better as we go. And, uh, I think the, the big name this year is gonna be Scotty Miller. Uh, he had his, definitely had his best game, most productive game, if I'm not mistaken. But looking forward to the season. I think we're gonna have to be a little bit patient. But anyways, it sucks, but go Bucks. All right, Matt, appreciate the call. And yeah, we, we, again, you expect some bumps. Happy to hear you say that you're not panicking and not every Buccaneers fan, unfortunately, out there is on the same page. Uh, some of you are definitely out there hitting the panic button a little bit premature. Listen, no season is ever built on week one. And I had a Twitter uh, follower you know, uh, tweet at me and say, listen, call a spade a spade. We laid an egg. Listen, I'm not, I'm not excusing anything. However, you have to understand it's one loss, and you don't get extra credit for how bad your losses are, just like you don't get extra credit for how good your wins are. So let's not make this more than it has to be right now. It's it's a loss, and it's a loss from a team that did not, again, didn't have the preseason, didn't have the ramp up. So didn't the Saints didn't either, okay? The unit on this team that has some consistency and, and has some familiarity with, familiarity with each other, they did well. They did well enough to win this game. Now, they made mistakes. Jamel Dean on the coverage error, Carlton Davis on the pass interference, the penalties. We talked about that already, okay? They did make mistakes. There's nothing, nobody's saying they didn't make mistakes, but did that Buccaneers defense do enough to win this game? Absolutely. 
the Buccaneers offense is what didn't do enough to win this game. And Tom Brady acknowledged that Bruce Arians acknowledged that that's, what's got to get better. That's the unit that anybody who came into this with realistic expectations knew that that was going to be the bugaboo. If there was a bugaboo with this team starting off the season, it was going to be on the offense. It got to get better. Now, if we see similar production week two, week three, week four, trust me, you guys who tune into the Locked On Bucks podcast regularly will start hearing, unfortunately, some of the same type of tones and some of the same messages that you've heard in the past few seasons as these things go off the rails. But this is a new this is a new day with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And honestly, I even in the offense, I saw a little bit more resiliency in this unit in the early going than I did in some of the other earlier Buccaneers versions of those of this roster. So still some things to look at there. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about Scotty Miller. Yes, his most productive day. Hugely, hugely impressed by Scotty Miller. Very happy for him. But OJ Howard, James, uh, he had an early play there. I kind of considered it a drop. He probably could have caught it. it. There was a flag thrown on the play, so give him an excuse for that. But then he comes up with a touchdown. I mean, a very encouraging performance. Six targets, four catches, 36 yards, and a touch for OJ to start off week one. I'm encouraged. How do you feel about OJ? And how do you feel about uh, the execution discipline of this team moving forward? Are you hitting the panic button? Oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I liked what I saw out of OJ. I liked the seeing the targets that, that he was getting from Tom Brady. We all kind of wondered how things were going to go with this three tight end system that they have. I liked the way that they moved Brate back as the lead blocker in an I formation, which, you know, was just a, a thing of beauty in my opinion. And, um, you know, Gronk got a couple of targets. You know, Brady tried to hit him up the seam one time in triple coverage, an ill-advised throw, but, you know, he's going to rely on, you know, the guy that he has that rapport with, that chemistry with, that knowledge of in these tight situations where he was trying to get the offense going a little bit. But yeah, I'm highly encouraged by, by what I saw from OJ, and I'm highly encouraged from what I'm hearing from our listeners. David, we have some smart listeners. We have nobody that's hitting the panic button, and the whole time I was listening to Matt's voicemail, I was just nodding my head, yes, that was a perfect voicemail. Execution and discipline were vital, and the Buccaneers failed in both aspects. The offense didn't execute, and we saw these same kind of dumb penalties that we've seen in the past. No excuse for Vita Vea to jump off sides on that fourth and two. It, it was reminiscent of, of Chris Baker jumping off sides when everyone told him, don't move. They're just going to try to draw you off sides. Bruce Arians said the same thing to Aaron Andrews at halftime. We knew they were going to try to draw us off sides. I don't know why he moved. And then, yeah, you have the, the pass interference on Carlton Davis on a play where the ball was deflected and intercepted by Sean Murphy bunting a big play there. So it's these little things that need to be cleaned up. It's the discipline that we need to see. And it's the continued evolution and execution on the offensive side of the ball, which I think we're going to get sooner rather than later. David, I know we have another voicemail coming up, but first of course we have one more of our sponsors to give a little bit of love to. Yeah, and of course, that sponsor is Built Bar, one of our favorite sponsors of the Locked On Podcast Network, and of course, the Locked On Bucks Podcast. And Built Bar is still an everyday part of my routine. I wake up in the morning, I go grab a can of fruit juice, and I grab up my favorite Built Bar. And during my commute to wherever I'm driving this day in the Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Washington, D.C. area, I enjoy my breakfast, as I call it, on my way to work. As you guys know, if you've been listening to the show, they've recently relaunched. Their bar is better than ever. It tastes better than ever. The texture is even better. And honestly, I didn't think a protein could get a protein bar could get better than it already was. But guys, they did it. And their new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, 
and Apid Almond Crisp are all amazing. You add those to the 12 original flavors that they still have, and you've got a huge selection of delicious protein bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. For those of you who are concerned about the macros, there's an example. I have an example here for you. The Cherry Barcia bar has 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get $10 off your next order. That's your next order, $10 off of that order using the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, talking about the Buccaneers' 34-23 loss to the New Orleans Saints. And David, we have one more voicemail to get to. James, David, it's your buddy Jim, South Carolina, South Kakalaki. A little subdued, of course, after the you-know-what show we just saw. But listen, in the immortal words of Francis Xavier Cross, boy, didn't that suck? Well, that's what today's game reminded me of. There is good and bad to take from it. So if you're a Buccaneers fan who's on the ledge day after one game, step off the ledge. It's okay. We saw flashes from the offense. We saw some good from the defense, right? Today was the epitome of Bucks beating Bucks, And we've been saying that for years, haven't we? So we correct those mistakes from Tom's interceptions to jumping off sides, Vitavea, on fourth down and two when the ball is right in front of you. There's a ton of mistakes that are totally correctable in this. What I want to get at is two things. Number one, Donovan Smith. That was the worst pass blocking or blocking game in period I have seen from him. And I'm telling you what, a message needs to be sent to him by Bruce Arians that this next game against the Panthers, you block like that, you are you're you're sitting, you're done. I'll put Josh Wells in, I'll put in Joe Haig, because that was ridiculous. Now, here's the last thing I'm going to talk about real quick at the end of the game. Saying she got the ball in the one-yard line, there's only so many seconds left. You're up by 11 points, 34-23. What does Sean Payton do? I'm going to go for a touchdown. Why? That was a total screw you Tampa. Jim, thank you very much for the call. David, we continue to have really, really smart callers talking about step away from the ledge, don't panic. Look, I have defended Donovan Smith quite a bit on this podcast. I've defended him in Bucks Nation talking about he gets a lot more hate than he deserves. I have no explanation, no excuses for him in this game. He was absolutely abysmal. Keeping in the theme of the office gifts that I was using at the Bucks Nation Twitter, I, I will quote the office. Um, Yeah, I am out of carrots. I am out of sticks. Donovan Smith continues to prove that he's just an unmanageable employee. He needs to get his act together, and he needs to get it together fast, or this whole Tristan Wirfs could move move to the left side of the line uh, narrative talking about next season. That's going to get expedited to week three if Donovan doesn't get his head put on straight. As far as Sean Payton, anybody who's listened to me for any length of time knows exactly how I feel about Sean Payton. He is one of the absolute worst human beings out there. And of course, he's going to try to, you know, run up the score and rub it in and do Sean Payton things. This is a guy, you know, do we need to talk about Bounty Gate? I mean, do we? We remember the the post-game handshake with Dirk Cutter when he started slapping him and, and shoving him and things like that. Like, Sean Payton's the absolute worst. So it does not surprise me at all, but file it away. You know Bruce Arians has this filed away, and Tom Brady has this filed away for eight weeks from now.
Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm I'm just as disappointed in Donovan Smith's uh, performance on Sunday night as as everybody else's, and with with good reason. And I'm sure that he's gotten an earful already from his coaches, his offensive coordinator, probably his quarterback too. And he's going to get even more in the, in the classroom once they get there and they start breaking down that tape. And hopefully, if he's got some pride about him, which I believe that he does, he's actually he's probably beating himself up about it too. I mean, listen. This dude got outperformed by a rookie right tackle. I understand there's a difference between the left side and there's a difference between the right side. But for most of the night, that right that rookie right tackle was facing the better pass rusher, and he handled him 10 times better than Donovan Smith handled what would normally be a backup. I mean, the, the guy who's supposed to be in that spot, Marcus Davenport, wasn't even active for this game. So I can only imagine what, what, what might have happened to Tom Brady if Davenport was in the game, given the way that Donovan Smith performed. There's really no excuse for it. However, if we're going to continue with this narrative of it's one game, it's not the end of the world, we've got to give that benefit of the doubt to Donovan as well. We've got to give him another week to come out and show that this was the first game rust. It was the lack of the preseason. It was all that stuff. We've got to give him the benefit of the doubt, just like we do the rest of the team, or else we're hypocrites, and I'm not in the business of making myself a hypocrite. I do that probably on accident enough. As far as Sean Payton is concerned, I mean, it's Sean Payton, guys. But James, before we wrap up this episode and get out of here, of course, thanks to all of our callers uh, for giving us your opinions and all the Twitter uh, interactions that we've had during the game, both at the Locked On Bucks podcast, Twitter account, my Twitter account, James, yours, and then, of course, Bucks Nation, where you were manning. But one more thing I want to do, start doing this season, is give our best and our worst observations from this game. So you can pick best or worst. Give me your best or your worst, and then I'll give you mine. I mean, we're coming right out of the call about it. I say the worst goes to Donovan Smith uh, in this one. It was just it, – it was a terrible performance. I know he's better than that. You know he's better than that. A lot of the fans don't believe he's better than that. They believe that is who he is. But, yeah, you're right. We do need to give him, even though I'm not sure he's fully earned it, the benefit of the doubt – in this one, just like we're giving it to the rest of the offense, but man, we better see a drastic improvement in week two or those move worfs to the left side and bring in Joe Haig to start at right tackle. Talks are going to begin. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I, and I love that, that worst pick because it was going to go on there anyway. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely can't have any arguments there. The worst that I'm going to pick right now is honestly, it's going to be the penalties. I mean, Tom Brady talked about his post-game press conference. We had a voicemail about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually had fewer penalty yards than the Saints did. But this is the beautiful thing about football. The the amount of yards isn't necessarily as impactful as the amount of penalties because every time you get a penalty, especially an offensive penalty, you're interrupting your own momentum or you're setting back the momentum you're trying to gain. Or if you're on defense, you're giving up momentum that you have gained, especially on those automatic first down penalties. Those are huge. So the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually had more penalties called against them while the New Orleans Saints amassed more penalty yards, it shows you just how impactful each individual penalty is. It's not enough to get fewer penalty yards than your opponent. You have to have the ability to maintain momentum or grab momentum when the opportunity arises. So those penalties, even more than usual, today I'm calling uh, one of my worst picks. I'll have one more at BucksNation.com up on Monday there. But James... My best for today, and I'm going to steal it right off the bat, is Scotty Miller. I mean, career production day for him. Wish he would have gotten a touchdown. Unfortunately, he couldn't. He didn't. But, I mean, way to step up when, when your star receiver like Mike Evans is struggling, whether it's injury or coverage or whatever, way to, for that second guy, that second string or second year guy, rather, to step up behind Chris Godwin and become an asset and a tool for his quarterback and for his offense. 
if Scotty Miller isn't there, if Scotty Miller's not performing the way that he is, this game is much, much worse. I think the Buccaneers lose by a full two scores, 14 points or more, instead of just the 11 that they end up losing by. Yeah, I, I love that pick. And for my best, I'm going to take the inside linebacker duo. Look, Devin White and Levante David, absolutely tremendous games. How fitting that the two of them would tie each other for most tackles in the game. Not just among the Buccaneers, but of any defensive players in the game, Devin White and Levante David comb- or, uh, tied for 11 tackles. Levante, of course, had uh, two tackles for loss. Devin White had one. Levante had a quarterback hit. Devin had a pass breakup. So absolutely phenomenal game from the two defensive captains there. Manning the middle of the defense. More great things to come from them. More reaction about this game coming up tomorrow. But for now, folks, we are out of time. So please, Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. You just heard him talk about he's got a best and worst column going up. I have my pick six column that goes up the morning after every game day. Typically, those are all Mondays, but the Bucks have some uh, some primetime games. They got a Monday night football game coming up in just a few weeks. So always check out those the morning after the game. Make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. A big thank you to all of you new listeners that have joined the show. Continue to tell your friends about us. We certainly appreciate it. Please stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here. Locked on Bucks.